This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All righty. How you feeling, my man? How was your flight? Very smooth. Uh, on, on time, very smooth. It's a beautiful thing. Is it, it, is it snowing over there? So I know no, I'm not, headed not, out at 4 o'clock. Not at all. It's actually warm, but it's it's kind of – it was raining when I got here. Uh, as I'm looking outside, it's not raining, but the streets are wet, and uh, the high every day is in the 50s. And tomorrow it's in the 60s. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, bringing that warm weather. Pretty you much. Know, I, was, I, I was talking about this because obviously you and I have been going there for years. And in the 20 some years that I've been going, uh, the one time the best week ever was the Super Bowl week. I went there for the Super Bowl when they had it. And that whole week, dude, it was in the 50s to 60s. And everybody was freaking out. Like, and you know, they, they brought out heat lamps to put all throughout the streets. You know, so when people are walking around, there are heat lamps all over and all that. And it was like one of those things like people were walking around like, wow, dude, this is like super comfortable. And, and you know, in, in early February for it to be that way in Indianapolis is crazy. So and they just had like what some winter systems go throughout the entire northern part of our country, man. Like they got snowing in, it was snowing in Pasadena on Sunday for Christ. I know, dude. I know. I mean- and as yeah. and here it's like it's balmy almost. It's it's weird. It's wacky. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of uh what what we're headed with. Uh, all kinds of extremes now with uh the mm-hmm. changes in our climate, unfortunately. But you know, it's just like what we're watching all over the world, man. It is crazy shit uh that goes on. All right, let's uh let's get into it. Um by the way, you know, somebody was asking me now about about uh uh, about the video that they had of uh, Mac Jones being scolded and that it might have affected him and all that in his play. And then somebody says, can you imagine him going through what Tua had to go through with Flores? And and I said, I think people don't realize or or at least appreciate the kid's mental toughness because you watch him come back from all these injuries. And then you think about that moment where – he doesn't want him on the field and he's staying with, with Brissett and the Ravens game. And then he gets injured. And so now the kid goes out there on the field and here's a coach that doesn't believe in you. Didn't want you in the first place. So you got to go out there and you go out there and you start balling and you ball to the point that you force the coach to say, Hey, uh, yeah, Jacoby stay there. We're going to, we're going to stay with it. Uh, I, I don't, you know, and we see what he has to go through now. He's trying to do the judo and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if people really appreciate the mental toughness that that kid possesses because he is. I know physically the durability is an issue, but mentally the kid is as fearless as it gets. Okay. You don't believe me? You don't. You don't agree with me? I, I don't have. A, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, this this whole notion of like. I mean, let's not make it sound like Flo like Flores was like screaming at him. Day and night, there was reported one incident at halftime of the Tennessee game when, let's be honest, who was playing like dog shit. And mm-hmm. my guess is Flores told him in very, very uncertain terms, you're playing like dog shit. 
not the first coach who's ever done, done that. The reports I saw from, from New England is part of their issue, and this could apply to two as well. Part of their issue is they don't want the coaches to go crazy on Mac Jones because Mac Jones is one of those who, who is emotionally all over the place, gets crazy high, crazy low. If he's playing like shit, he's going to get crazy low. So it doesn't, doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. Two was a guy who's very hard on himself. No, he doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. But it comes with the territory. You have to have a men- you have to have mental toughness to play the position. Otherwise, you're not going to last. Uh, right, right. And, and I think he's proven that over and over again. Even when he comes back through, you know, the concussions and everything else, I think that that's one thing that I appreciate about that kid. That that's why I always give him a fighting chance. Because I know that mentally he's not going to quit. He's not going to be, you know, um, what like Carson Wentz is a perfect example of a guy that maybe is not a mentally tough person, doesn't handle adversity very well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, he got himself. Adam Beasley in the house saying saying hi. There we go. Um. Yeah, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, that's how easily I get flustered. No, he, uh, no, and he's he's going. He, Adam Beasley's gonna... Adam Beasley's you know beauty will do that to people. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching Jimmy Garoppolo walk by Adam Beasley, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I get it. You you it kind of takes the yeah, breath out yeah, of yeah. you. That must be that must be what it is. That must be that's it. what it is. That's what it is. No, no, two is going to two is going to succeed above and everything else because of his accuracy and because of his of the, the timing and you know getting things done on time. Um, Somebody was asking me about, is this the year that the Dolphins draft the running back high in the draft? And I kind of am thinking that, no, there's no way that that happens. One, because that's not their, not Chris Greer's MO, but then that's the obvious one. But the other one is, I think last year we kind of saw it, right? Chase Edmonds, a veteran back came in and did not, you know, adapt Miles Gaskin got leaped over your boy Salvan Ahmed because Salvan Ahmed obviously knew the system and was very comfortable in it. I think you also risk in drafting a young guy and you're going to need him because you saw with Jeff Wilson and Mostert, you're going to have to count on that third guy. So if he's going to battle Salvan for that third spot, Scott, you're also risking a guy that may not be able to adjust quickly and then you've got another Chase Edmonds situation in your hands. And that third guy has to be able to adjust quickly to the offense like Salvan Ahmed. So that's why I don't think they even risk taking a rookie early on in this draft in the second or third rounds. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, to me, it's not about system fit. And I don't think Salvan Ahmed leapfrogged Miles Gaston because he was more familiar with the system. I think he leapfrogged him because he's got a higher ceiling. He's more athletic. Okay. Miles is is Miles is very dependable. He's very solid. You know what you're going to get, but the upside is limited. Savan Ahmed may be more likely to try to make something out of a run that's not there and lose four yards. Whereas if there's two yards to be had, Gaskin's going to get two yards, but he's going to get two yards. If there's two yards to be there, Ahmed could turn it into eight yards or he could make it a four-yard loss. That to me is why Ahmed leapfrogged. Um, the other issue is this is not a running back dependent scheme. Hence, no need to be spending premium uh, assets, whether it be draft capital or salary cap space 
on a running That's back. Great point. Great this, point. Is why, this is why it's always by committee. To me, I've said all along, I wouldn't be floored one bit if they re-sign Ahmed, if they re-sign Wilson, if they re-sign Mostert. I, I think that the top two guys for sure are coming back. I'm with you there. I think they're going to bring back Wilson and Mostert for sure. They made a good one-two punch, actually. I think if you improve the line, they get even better, actually. If, if that left guard and the right tackle is solved, I think your backs will look even better than they did last year. But and, and if, even look at the numbers last year. Their running game, I think, in yards per carry was actually middle of the pack. Yeah. It, it it was it was fine. The thing is, they they didn't stick with the run very much, and and part of it is because their two best players on offense are Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, um, and it makes no sense to have a run oriented offense when you have all that speed outside. And then maybe at times the short yardage uh, running wasn't particularly good. But how much of that was the backs? How much of that was the offensive line? So, I'm I'm with you there. All right, what are you? Uh, what do you think the Dolphins? outside of the underwear Olympics are trying to accomplish this week here at the combine. Well, I mean, it's as with every combine there, I'm sure they're talking to agents laying the groundwork and talking about their own, their own free agents, trying to see if, if they're going to resign guys. I'm sure they're going to have conversations with Christian Wilkins agent. I'm sure. They're going to have conversations with drew since he represents 10 players, including Zach sealer, Robert hunts. Another one is going to be in line for, an extension at some point because he's entering the last year of his contract and he's a keeper um, thing with him. is kind of the same with, with Zach Sealer. And I haven't looked at Hunt's number uh, recently, but I don't think he makes a ton of money in the fourth year of his rookie deal as a second round pick. So the idea of extending him is to make sure you keep him more so than to create salary cap space. Unlike Wilkins where it serves two purposes. Um, as far as evaluating the prospects, look, the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick, um, so you know, looking so not necessarily for the the glamour guys. I and mean, they're certainly, if we're talking running backs, they're certainly not looking at Bijan Robinson from Texas, who will be long gone. Um, you know, if they're getting a corner, they're certainly not looking at Joy Porter's kid, who's going to be gone in the first round. So you know, looking more for depth guys and UDFAs. Hopefully, you know that you can unearth a couple more gems like Kate or Kohu. Let me ask you something. Um, tell us about how the Dolphins stole Fangio away from the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. You saw the headline, huh? Yeah, uh, Sean Payton. Who, by I read the, the story. I read the story, okay. but I don't want to like. I want you to tell the story. No, so. it's actually it was very cool. Sean Payton, Payton was, Sean Payton actually the the media sessions with the coaches at the podiums were supposed to start at 10 a.m. Sean Payton started early and kept going and going and going. Uh, and then he was asked about all of the, the guys that he interviewed for defensive coordinator. And he mentioned Vance Joseph, who ultimately got, got the job. Rex Ryan, Sean Desai, who we didn't know, but wanted to talk to him because he's a, like a brilliant young guy who actually, you know, somebody the Dolphins that targeted as well. Uh, and then he mentioned Vic was part of the plan, but you guys scared him away. When he said you, at the, at the immediate time, I, I thought he meant the media and then Later on, a flashback as it does, right? Because so, then I followed up. I was like, see, you mentioned Vic. Uh, what kind of ex extended discussion did you have about him joining you this year? And who, who, what are the Dolphins getting in, as, in him as a coach? And then it's where he mentioned he, that the part of the plan all along was for them to coach together. And he said it was a unique situation that made it tough to go back here 
here, meaning Denver, because remember Fangio was fired by the Broncos in 2021. So it, I can see where it would have been very uncomfortable for Fangio to go back and coach some players uh, who may not have made, who may or may not have had his back in 2021 at the time he was let go. And but Peyton said he tried and he tried and he tried and I couldn't couldn't get him to join him. And eventually, Fangio, as we know, joined the Dolphins. And Peyton obviously raves about uh, Fangio, basically pointing out not a coincidence, but half the league runs of the quote unquote Fangio defense. Okay. All right. So. But but in scaring him, he, he he meant say that again. How what did he mean by? I think we, I think it was it was a little it was a little joke with the media, saying that maybe they made his life so tough, or they 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 maybe oh, they in pro- Denver in, in Denver, Denver when he said here they he meant Denver. He didn't mean Indianapolis because that I that's see. when he used the word here. But I, I think in retrospect, it's clear he meant Denver. Um, they do. They 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 have a very passionate fan base. They do. They have a very dedicated media to the Broncos. I mean, like the Broncos get some sick ass coverage mm-hmm. in, in 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 Denver. Actually, I don't think people realize how fanatical people are in that part of the country about their Broncos. Like super fanatical. I remember, in fact. I remember when Marvez used to work. Remember Marvez used to work there. Correct. And, and Marvez would show me a paper back in the day when he was working there. And the, the, the sports page in those days, oh, my God, dude. It was like a magazine that would come out every day about the Broncos. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know how – I'm sure everything's been trimmed it's changed, down. Yeah, it's changed. Because, unfortunately, the damn business – what a shame, bro. Uh, to me, the newspaper business was – not that I'm a newspaper writer, but I think it's one of them. That's the one that I appreciated the most out of all of it, because those are the people that are there every freaking day mm-hmm. following yeah. every single thing. And it just is better for the, 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 the fan. I think the beat writer is, is the best. And so, uh, you know, it's just, wow, it, it's, imp- it's impressive. And so I can, I can understand where they kind of went after him and why would he want to go back? Even though everything has changed, right? Ownership, Peyton's running the show. So he kind of had, you know, he would have had his way and all that stuff, but I guess he didn't want to have to deal with all that. And I I don't know how much he would admit that he's also, you know, on this side, he's got his family in Philadelphia and his mom in Florida. So I don't know how much he really would admit that that also had to do with a big portion of why he's here, I would imagine. No, 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 absolutely. certainly is a possibility. And there are, there are a lot of factors involved. And, and the, the other interesting aspect is Vance Joseph also was a former head coach with the Broncos. Um, you know, That's before right. Fan, before Fangio. And I think the thing with, with, with Joseph is his exit from Denver, I think might've been smoother than Fangio's maybe. Uh, and, and I think, I think maybe the fandom and the media were, softer on Joseph who maybe didn't have quite the town level. That did Vance leave after, after inter, interim head coach or did he no, leave he, after head coach? He was head coach for two years with the Broncos. That's right. After, okay. after he, he left the Dolphins. Sure. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's how it went. I was wondering, was it interim or was it head coach? And I wasn't, no. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of forgetting there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, and, and somebody brought this up, and I think I think it's a really, really important uh, position and an extreme need 
for the Dolphins, not to the extent of a linebacker or or a two-way tight end or a tackle maybe. I get those are – but I think something you really need is a returner. I think you've got to find a way to get a returner on this team. And maybe it's that extra corner that you draft. Maybe it's a running back that we just talked about. That third running back is a specialist also at the same time. Maybe it's a receiver that will be your last receiver that is also a specialist. And I know that the return game has been trimmed down a little bit, but it's a real problem for the Dolphins. Like they didn't have anybody competent that at least can scare teams, especially on punt return. I get it. Kick returns go through the end zone most of the time, but on punt returns, you'd like to have something that's a threat. How important do you think it is that Miami finds some kind of a threat in, in the return game? It's way down my list. And, and, and we've discussed this before because to me, I know. again, the, the, the big issue with the special teams is don't allow the big return. Okay? Accept the fact that even if you don't have many on your, of, of your own, uh, that, that's not to me, give me a linebacker, give me a, a good tight end. Give me a good dependable backup quarterback. Give me a good corner. I think safety, I think safety for some reason, I think we've, we've kind of dismissed that Cover as a safety. potential. Well, correct, because Brandon Jones not only isn't a, a great fit for this scheme, which requires more coverage from the safeties, he's also coming back from a torn ACL. And we don't right. know how that's going to go. And then you got Verone McKinley, who was a rookie for agent last year. Elijah Campbell showed promise, but he's not a proven guy in the least. So this is why... I threw out and then I, I was accused of like, well, every time a big name, you know, comes on the market, you're going to link him to the Dolphins. No, but when Jordan Porter says basically hey, stopping short of saying, I want to play for the Dolphins and can you consider the caliber if you can make the numbers work, obviously, and juggle yeah. the salary cap, obviously, I think the Dolphins would be crazy not to explore that possibility because the dude can play. Oh, yeah, no, of course. The dude can play, and he's durable, too. I know he missed a couple games this year, but you, you look at it, he's played right. the entire season every single year. All right, so I don't know if you'll be able to sign Jordan Poyer if you end up signing one of these guys. And there's a this is actually the, the, the Dolphins need a middle linebacker. Well, guess what? This is the year to need a middle linebacker mm-hmm. because – there's a shit ton of middle linebackers there in are. free agency. Yep. So let me throw out some names. You are now Chris Greer. Okay. So you get to put on the hat. What, what is that logo? It's, he it's, has a, on? It's, a, it's some kind of golf hat. It's a golf hat, right? I believe. Yeah. I forgot the logo, but it's always the same logo. I don't know what it is, but he wears that same logo. So now you've got that logo hat, whatever the hell it is. And we throw out Jermaine Pratt, Bobby Wagner, Tremaine Edmonds, Levante David, and David Long Jr. And even the white kid over in Philadelphia. Give me who is the guy that Chris Poupart signs? Well, here's the thing, though. His financial considerations are going to come into play because if they don't, Tremaine Edmonds would be my guy, but he's going to be expensive. Um, And this is where cost-effectiveness comes into play. I don't know how cost-effective he is, but I'm a big fan of his game. Um, if you're looking for cost effectiveness, I, I think Levante David could be had at a decent price, especially if he if he's willing to do the hometown discount to come back to Miami. Um, 
I like I like White's game. He's to me being a nice under the radar signing, and I think it would be more cost effective. Uh, I don't necessarily to me I don't need. And again, it can be coupled with if you tell me I can have Poyer and Kaiser White or Edmonds, but nobody at safety or or a much lesser player. I think I'd go the other way around. You know, give me give me White and Poyer as a combo, but purely they middle need, linebacker. They need a middle linebacker badly on this team. Yeah, but badly. how much – the question is how much are we willing to pay for Tremaine Edmonds? Well, I, I, I would go Bobby Wagner. That way oh, you don't sign a long-term deal and you have – Zero problem with that. Year year or two – and, he, man, I didn't I, – I he had a great freaking mm-hmm. year last year. He didn't have a good year. He had a great year last year. My God, he was good. And he can rush the passer. He got like six sacks last year. Career, career high. A career high. Had like four interceptions and obviously had his 4,000 tackles like he has, you know, every single year. And I don't think that's a big deal. I think that's a two. That's a Chris Greer two-year special. Because, you know, how, again, you've got the hat on. You know that you love to sign people to two-year contracts. You love working right. at two-year angle. With the avoidable years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I think he does that kind of stuff, you know. Plus, the second year is one that he can play with if he wants to extend it another year and 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 push back some money and all that kind of stuff. So I know the game they're playing, which is really smart on their part. But you know, it's it's one of those things. You don't have to give him a four or five year contract like you would have to give Edmonds because the big ass signing bonus is coming with it and all that stuff. Correct. No, that that's why. Again, if you if it, that's why I preface it by saying if you remove all financial considerations, Edmund my top choice. If you if you don't, as you said, no, I I like the Bobby Wagner idea. Um, again, it's going to take some gymnastics to bring in one or more of those guys because uh, they do have a lot of work to do. All right, they're going to be cleaning out uh, now. They're going to be cleaning out the uh, roster. They're going to be reworking deals, all of that. We know Byron Jones is gone. We know that Mike Isicki is gone. Is there a surprise cut that we're not thinking of, that you're thinking of, that I don't think people realize that this guy may get cut? Is there a name that you can give us? Yes, yeah, the same name I've given you that it wouldn't necessarily shock me. That's Jerome Baker. He's got a okay. pretty high cap number. I don't know that he's a great fit for this game. I don't know that he's played up to the contract extension he got. I mean, he's been a solid player. I don't think he's been. He had a good year last year. Last year was a good year for him. It was, it was for him. It's, for him. It's a, yeah. It's got a lot of tackle numbers. I, I don't, there are a lot of times I don't feel him. You look in the box score after, after the game and the game book and he's got 11 tackles and you're like, where'd those come from? You know? Uh, he's not somebody that I, know I would say that I've really felt. Um, so if you if you're asking me for one guy I could see who's kind of a bigger name, he's the one that really jumps out at me. All right, follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. Catch him twice a week here doing the EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. Of course, catch all of his work there at Sports Illustrated, alldolphins.com. See you in, if you would bookmark it. This morning, you would have gotten the story. Find out how the Dolphins stole Vic Fangio from Sean Payton's ass. Right there. See, you would have found out the scoop with poop. Ha! There you there go. You know. Follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. 
Alan, as always, appreciate you, my brother. We'll see you. Uh, I don't know, maybe tonight. I don't know. You're gonna have. To, yeah. By the way, I arrive around seven, so maybe, uh, maybe we can get a, go see a little uh, Oki. I can be there by the second period or something like that. Let's keep in touch. All right, you got it, my brother. Be good. I'll talk to you later. There you go, Alan Poupart. And when we talk about EJD construction, look, a lot of our listeners in Dater Broward County have called Eric and they are fixing all kinds of things. And I tell you, Dater Broward, 305-433-4843. And we've got one listener that had a unfortunate fire in their in their home. They had they had to remediate everything, gut it all out. That's what remediate is. You gut everything out, right? And you make it all anew. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, we had a listener a couple months back that built a observation deck on top of their house. We had another listener that built an extension to their house. They had a, they built two rooms, actually, because of some consolidation family-wise, whatever it was. Uh, we got a listener that built a big old shed in the back. It's not like a tiki hut. It's different because it has like these kind of things these panels it's different but under it was a full kitchen barbecue grease trap the point is it's custom home construction major home remodeling okay and actually we have a listener that uh i I don't know when they're starting to work but they're like modernizing the kitchen i talk about that all the time so there's all different kinds of things that you can do with ejd construction also We've got listeners calling EJD Construction because they're trying to renew their insurance policies. And now they're finding out that, oh, wait a minute, your house is older than 20 years. Your roof is not up to code anymore. You need to upgrade it. EJD Construction can upgrade that roof. So if you live in Dater, Broward County, please call Eric right now. I'm giving you the owner's personal cell number, 305-433-4843. Shell Construction in-house, that's how they keep the cost down. They pass on the savings to you. They're fully insured liability and workers comp. So if somebody gets hurt on your property, nobody's going to sue you because they're fully insured. And listen, if you don't hire EJD construction and you want to hire somebody else, that's your right. But I just want to give you advice as a friend, whoever you do hire, make sure like EJD construction, they are fully insured. Because if somebody gets hurt on your property, you will get sued. 305-433-4843. Go to the Instagram page. You can see a lot of the before and after work. And it'll be impressive. EJDconstruction.com. This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All righty, there he is. How you feeling, my brother? You feeling good? Good. You sound very echoey as in my... Is it, uh, do I, is it too, uh, too echoey yeah, there? That's okay. It's fine. I, I, I'll, I'll make it work. All right. You'll make it work. Yeah. Right. Do you have your laptop sound on also? I do. Ah, maybe all the, that's all the, way, all the way up. Okay. Does that, does that affect your headsets? I don't know. No, don't know, maybe. Okay. No. All right. So then that's not, no, the it's echo. you. It's not me. It's you. It's me. It's me. That's what my wife always says. It's me. Oh, I heard that. I've heard that too. And she's usually right, actually, unfortunately. Yep. 
Uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, what uh, what new dolphin nugget have you been able to unearth for the audience today? Uh, Damn, it's like searching no, for no. right now. It looks like I'm searching for intelligence in Marjorie Taylor Greene's head right now. What, what's going on? There's a lot of silence. <laughs> yeah, we we could be here a while. Um, nothing from Dolphin. We talked. I mean, I was doing the rounds with the prospects who were doing their combine interviews today. Uh, few of them met with did the Dolphins. Drive, did you give any driving tips to Jalen Carter? He's not out there. He's back at the combine, but he skipped his media, okay. his media just, session. Just checking because you know you you are an expert driver, just like the Rain Man. So I figured you'd be giving him some you know advice. So let's wait until all the facts come out on that one. You know, before we bury the kid, even though it, I, I haven't buried him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He, you know, but he's got plenty of driving tickets too. He, he you know, let's uh, let's not make it sound like. Uh, you know, he's he's Mr. Uh, driving School Instructor or something. You know what I'm saying? So he, he thinks yeah. he's in, in Indy track anyways, as it is. And he is here in no. Indiana. By the way, did he go out to the racetrack to warm up a little bit? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I You're funny. You're mean. All right. All right. Um, sorry, that, no, but not, not a whole lot in terms of, like, dolphin-related nuggets. So again, some prospects have met with them, some who have not. Um now wasn't able to hit all the wide receivers. Today was wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks who were talking. Um, pretty much whenever I had the chance, I asked them specifically if they if they met. A couple of them who have met them. Nobody of nobody who's a name who would really necessarily jump out at you. Um, so nothing from that. And in terms of what the Dolphins are doing themselves, I mean we're 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 getting down to it. Something's going to break pretty soon. Because we're less, we're 12 days away from the start of free agency, and more importantly, 12 days away from the start of every team having to be cap compliant with their they want. So, what are we hearing uh, about Christian Wilkins? Because that's one I, that you you got to find a way to get that shit done, bro. Yeah, no, I absolutely get get that done, and I, I think I saw, and again, it's somebody throwing out there on Twitter that the. Something about the Dolphins shopping him or something. I that's that's crazy to me. Um, no, I, to me he's got an extension coming, and which will serve the benefit of keeping him around and lowering his cap number for 2023 because of it's. I don't remember 10.4 million. I think off the 50 rob. So that needs needs to be done. That's the one to me that the most logical move. Tyreek Hill contract restructure is another logical move. Uh, Teron Armstead, another possibility, you know, moving some money around, uh, and then maybe some will cut. Um, but they know they do have work to do, and it's it's coming up. Is there a street free agent out there, or somebody that's going to be a free agent that you are starting to think is going to sign with the Dolphins? Um, there's a couple of guys who make sense, but again, it's, they're going to depend on how much money they're going to be able to, to clear up. The backup quarterback situation is interesting to me. Um, I mean, like, does, does Carson Wentz make sense as a backup if he can't find a starting job anywhere and if he's willing to take a backup job? 
I like Minshew. Uh, no, so like, I'm, told, like I'm told. I'm told from people who watch him play, who have watched him play closely. No, and I also remember when the Dolphins played Jacksonville in that Thursday night game a couple of years ago. And actually, in 2020, he looked overwhelmed, and I mean, and that's being very polite. Um, yeah, he's a backup. I mean, well, but he's a bad backup. I mean, okay, Carson Wentz, if he. I, I saw him play this year a couple of times, and he did all right. Actually, this year he did he did all right as a backup. This year, I just think that in this system, I think he kind of fits this system. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I again, know, but, but, so, but you like Carson Wentz? I think like, I like Carson Wentz. I think he's worth. He's somebody worth investing in. I mean, again, you have to get somebody who's not fragile, so that eliminates Teddy Bridgewater coming back. Well, I, I think can, Carson Wentz is fragile, too. And not, not about his injury. His, well, yeah, no, he's fragile there. But, again, obviously this would, this would entail him having accepted the fact that he's flopped his last three places. His, yeah. his career as a starter is over, and yes. he can make some money and stay in the NFL for several years if he's willing to be a backup. If he's not, if he can't adopt that mindset, then you know. I just think like a, a Dalton, a Minshew, a Henneke. I, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather take chances on those guys than than Carson Wentz. I just see a little more mental toughness out of those guys than I do out of Carson Wentz, which is the weirdest thing. Man, God, that Carson Wentz we saw the first couple of years. Holy yeah. shit, that guy was awesome, dude. Yeah, he could play. Like, I don't know what happened to him mentally. I don't know why, because it's not a physical thing. I don't believe it has anything to do with physical. I think it has everything to do with him losing that edge here. You know, Correct. it is it is odd, brother. I mean, odd. Yeah, and I, I don't know the dynamic of suffering a really bad knee injury when he's having a monster year. And then watching your backup lead that team to the Super Bowl, to Super Bowl win, how messed with his head or something. Ah, who knows? But he, yeah, he he lost, like you said. Let's go, let's go, old school cliche. He lost the eye of the tiger. Yeah, no, definitely. And the fan base then got behind Nick Foles too, and I think that Correct. that kind of that kind of hurt him too. I think it's a little bit of what you saw this year with uh, Mike White. Uh, with the T-shirts, and then Zach Wilson sees that, and it's like, holy crap! Like these guys left me behind, like right away, you know, for the backup, and that—that's you know, shit. That's kind of stuff you never see. You no, know? but Wilson buried himself before that. With no, I know, I know. I, I, I mean, above everything else, this is ridiculous comments after that loss against New England. Um, but no, you yeah. know what? The more, the more as we're talking here, I'm like. I'm like talking myself out of that idea that no, I wouldn't want Carson Wentz. Um, but, but I'm not like Taylor Taylor Heineke. It's a backup. Yeah, Andy Dalton might be your best backup opportunity. Yes, but it's a backup who, based on history, could wind up having to play four, five, six games. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a lot of experience starting. Look, I'm I've never been an Andy Dalton believer as a starter. But where he's at now in his career, I have no problem using him as a backup. I think he would be a very serviceable, 
uh, backup for for this team. And I think with the with the playmakers you have on this team, it makes his life a little easier too, where he just has to try to facilitate, you know, more than anything else. So let me let me go with this. Give me a percentage on the Dolphins signing Jordan Poyer. Twenty-five. I, I kind of, I kind of get the feeling. I, I think Buffalo has a good, good thing going. They have a lot of cap gymnastics to do. I, I think ultimately he, he winds up staying. I mean, he's, he's a core guy on that defense. So that would be my a, guess. But that, that, that Allen contract kicks in now, and they also have to pay a couple of other guys because Edmonds is up for a deal too. Correct. I think there's a couple. I think there's another guy or two that they they that's up for deals. I I forgot where I read it, but I think there's several guys that they had that that are up for free agency with that team. They have one of their alignments up. Yes, um, yes. But uh, again, I I think to me, I think I see for them Poyer being a core guy on defense. Um, so I think my expectations would be would be he goes back. He goes back to Buffalo. If he doesn't, then then I think the Dolphins have as good a shot as anybody again if they can make the finances work because that's what it's going to be all about with them. All right. So should the Dolphins move back to Biscayne College and give their players salt pills in between practices since the Kansas City Chiefs are winning championships treating their players like shit? Yeah. At, that's weird, though. You would think, you know, if you see, if you see the Arizonas and Washington get really, really low grades, and you look at their success on the field, you're like, oh yeah, I, I get it. Right. KC it correlates. Um, right. But then, then, then we're just. Oh, it, to say, it, it, it is some guy named Pat Mahomes, right? You know what I'm saying? That helps. So, or do they have to forget? Because here's the thing, though, in terms of. Like man game, man games lost the players. Casey Philly at the top of the league in terms of of good fortune in twenty twenty two. Was it because they had a full full team of guys playing hurt, or because they were just incredibly lucky? Right. Well, apparently they don't trust their trainer, so he was like, "Yeah, now you're fine, bro. Don't worry about it. Just put a little tape on that ankle, and you're you're good." But it's dislocated. Ah, don't worry about it. Crazy glue, it'll fix it. Go ahead, get out of here. It's a little ACL. You have another one. Yeah, what the hell? Although, like I told Cam, you know, I joke around, but the Dolphins played hard all year long throughout all of their injuries. Um, the, the you know, they, they never gave up on their coach. Um, they weren't pointing fingers. Uh, even in that playoff game, we could argue, brother, if, you know, they make a couple of the right calls and they got that fourth and one going – who knows? They might even won that damn game, and that really would have been the shocker of all shockers. So the Dolphins are doing things the right way. I, I, their coaching staff is liked by their players. I think the front office is doing a good job overall, and the owner provides every single resource that you need. So all kidding aside, uh, I think the Dolphins are headed in the right direction, and I think they're going to get the results that they would like eventually. But that's another no. No, no, but he, I mean the fact that they got such high. I mean, this is this is the players voting, and they got high grades for everything. Um, the only one where they didn't was treatment of families, whatever that means. And yeah, they'd like a family section. Well, that's I'm sure that's very easily, you know, rectifiable. And I'm sure Tom Garfinkel is going to be on the case. 
and get a you no know, the only hiccup they've had and it sucks because it's affecting this year uh, and next year as well is the the tampering that cost them draft picks. Right. That that's the only thing that was said back. But other than that, no, they got um, and it wasn't necessarily a good look that they so publicly uh, jonesing for a couple of quarterbacks around the league. But now that now they appear, mind you, appear because they're still like Lamar Jackson rumblings are out there. I, there's I no there's no Lamar Jackson rumblings. That's there, are, there are Lamar Jackson rumblings Who? all over the place. Who? Dude, look at, look at the internet. It's all over the place. That, that's all, and it's all bullshit stories. They're just like Greg Cody did today. Oh, the Dolphins delaying just because maybe that's a bullshit story. There's nothing behind it. That's lazy media that's just putting shit out to get clicks. There is no substance behind Lamar Jackson whatsoever. Except, except, we, except we heard the same thing when they were after Deshaun Watson, and they literally. But they that were, was that was flow. It wasn't. He's not big here. Old, it anymore. wasn't flow. Stephen Ross was the one who was getting. And Stephen Ross was part of the Brady stuff because he's a tool. He gets taken by anybody for a ride. Okay. But it wasn't the front office. Now that the front office is in charge. And they're telling you over and over again, and so is the head coach. It's all Tua. This Lamar Jackson story is complete bullshit. There's nobody of substance. Pelissero's not reporting it at all. All right? Schefter's not reporting it. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, Rappaport, uh, Garofolo. They, they uh, there's nothing to report right there's nothing There's, to report right now because Baltimore is still trying to get things worked out with Lamar Jackson. So, um, then, so then why would any story out there by Greg Cody have any I'm kind not, of... I'm not referencing Greg Cody, but okay. I'm just telling you that... In you're not referencing reason, anybody. Notice, you're not referencing anybody. You're saying it's out Jeff there. Dar Big O, Jeff Darlington, who is a very highly yes. reputable dude, was like suggesting... On television, he wasn't reporting. He was suggesting that that could be the best winding up scenario for okay, Lamar Jackson. Suggesting is one thing, I am, but again, if it here's my thing, if it I, wasn't listen, listen, the ones that are suggesting, including Jeff Darlington, if he thinks that's a good idea, he's freaking clueless, just like everybody else that actually thinks Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback, not a freakish athlete that can run like the wind, and that's what keeps him alive. Not necessarily his arm. So they can make those silly suggestions, Jeff or whoever else wants to do it, but there are no reports out there saying that they're seriously interested, intrigued, talking, discussing, reaching out to the mother or anything like that. None of that has happened. That wouldn't take – okay, let's, let's do some balancing here because you're, you're way off on one, on one side, Okay. There wouldn't be anything of that going on right now that maybe that would be leaked out. Number two, and, I, and I've told you this before, that I, to me, it, it doesn't make sense in my head from a Dolphin standpoint because one of the reasons you'd move her from two is the durability issue and Lamar Jackson's missed five games each of the last two years and he's a running quarterback. But where I take issue with you is I would don't, let's not dump on Lamar Jackson. Um, and say he's a strictly running quarterback. The dude was NFL MVP in 2019. Okay. And, and I know for the past two years, you, you talked about how Tua didn't have the elements around him to produce in the passing game before McDaniel got here and Jalen Waddle and was joined by Tyreek Hill. Well, Lamar Jackson's had pretty mediocre wide receiver core. If we're going to be honest about it, 
Okay. So let's not, we can, we can, we can agree that the idea in a lot of ways doesn't make a whole lot of sense without taking shots at Lamar Jackson. No, I, I get that, bro. But, uh, you know, I saw the Giants win with Phil McConkey and Mark Ingram. So, you know, you know, there, there have been times that you can they didn't win, win with, because of the passing game. Although right, that, 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 that's right, but, but they won because that's what Baltimore has. Great tight ends, offensive line, running game and defense. A lot of people have won that way. A lot of people. Right. Correct. You know, let's, let's the, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens won that way. Brendan Stokely was their number one wide receiver the year they won the Super Bowl back in 2001. So receivers have been, uh, you know, Freddie Solomon was was Joe Montana's receiver, and I forgot who the other guy was. It was all about Dwight Clark. It was about their running game. Well, the running game wasn't even great. It was Greg Cooper and their defense. So this has been done before where the receivers aren't necessarily – if the middle of that team – the tight ends, the, the offensive line, the running game, and the defense are working, you're going to have a great opportunity. And Lamar has had that opportunity many times over because he does have elite tight end. He does have the running game. He does have the offensive line. And he has had the defense. That's been the foundation of that team from day one since he's been there. I'm not um, – what I'm saying to you is you're poo-pooing him as a quarterback, and I don't think that's – Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's a mediocre passer, yes. I've okay, said that and that's, and that's over, and over, not, and over and over and over and over again. That. Okay, I'm not with you there, but we can you agree know, to disagree. That, that's why he when – he, when he's faced with a real quarterback and he gets in a shootout, he never can, can hang because he's a front-running quarterback. If he's and not leading – if he's not leading by running the ball, that's how they do it. But once they trail, since he's not a quarterback, he doesn't come back. That's what happens. Go look at so, most of the games. Go look at 90% of the games that they trail. They don't come back. Why? Because you don't have a real quarterback. That's the so, difference. That's why when you're down by 21 on the road, a real quarterback in Tua Vailoa brings you back. Okay. But he cannot do that down 21 points. If you give him Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, we, we, yeah, he could do that. Yeah, he'll be overthrowing him too a whole bunch. That's what he'll be doing. Okay, whatever. Next topic. Okay. He'll be overthrowing him. I'm not, I'm, I, I just, it's funny to me. Like nobody's standing out there going, if, if he was a real franchise quarterback, there'd be eight teams going, here's two first rounders and I'm giving him the guaranteed contract. But because he's not a real quarterback, because he's a running quarterback that gets injured while he's running the last couple of years, everybody kind of knows the real story behind it. I just think a lot of the media and fans are the ones that are kind of clouded. But I don't see you anybody. Do, in the okay, Big O, you do, you do understand that no team can do anything right now. No, I know that. You make, make, okay, then you're saying that. that. Well, you're saying, well, if he was so great, people would be – the the reports would be out there already that this team wants him, that team wants him. That would already be out there, dude. Because when Brady becomes available, then teams will tell you that they want him. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the way it goes. When those kind of guys, Peyton Manning's available, bro, there are people that are going to want want him right away. Oh, we're parting ways with Andrew Luck. Well, they're going to want him right away. This is the this is kind of the way it goes. I don't. You don't hear anybody dying to trade for the guy, because because it, the situation is still not settled. They could re-sign him tomorrow. I, I, we'll we'll find out. I mean, 
Oh, you know, you, you know that's not going to happen, right? You know, he What's wants that? it. He wants a. You know what's going to happen. He's going to get tagged. He's going to hold out because he's kind of you know stuck on that whole fully guaranteed deal. Nobody's going to give him a fully guaranteed deal, so he's going to end up holding out and going to be bitter about this. This is going to get ugly. This is going to get really, really ugly because he he's dead set on that full, fully guaranteed deal. There's no way he gets it. No way. Nobody's going to give him a fully guaranteed deal. No, I, 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 and you can't. I, I, I agree. I agree with you there. You can't. Not with this playing style. No, that's that, and that's my point. That when Mahomes injures his leg, he can stay in the pocket and beat you. Years ago, Brett Favre didn't have a leg, stayed in the pocket, and he can beat you. This guy lost his leg, and he had to stay out because he needs his legs in order to be an effective quarterback because he can't sit there. A couple years ago, Russell Wilson was playing with. With a, with a banged-up knee, a high ankle sprain, and he played like the first six weeks of the season that way. Why? Because he can live in the pocket. He can move around and make plays. Lamar can't do that. He tried to do that this year. That's why the offense ended up with a lot of field goals, because he tried to live in the pocket and he could not do it. He can't, he can't play the game without running. That's his problem. And that's a huge problem for any quarterback. If you have to live off your legs – that's the beauty of Jalen Hurts this year. That's where he proved me wrong. He really sharpened up his accuracy from the pocket, and he started beating you from the pocket by dropping freaking dimes on people. It wasn't just because you have A.J. Brown. The guy's right behind A.J. Brown, but you're dropping it right there in his, in his, in his pocket. You're like, holy crap, that, that is beautiful football when you can throw it that way. And that's where I give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit. Lamar Jackson has never proven to me that he can do that on a consistent basis. Just hasn't. You know? I'm not a believer, man. No, no, I'm he, just, and, that, and that's fine. You don't have to be. I've never been a I've never been a believer in his passing skills on a on a on a on a continuous basis. It, he'll freak you out at times because that's what athletes do. Ryan used to do that too. There were times that Ryan would throw up. I, I still remember. Against the Ravens, he rolls to the left, and he throws. You, you know exactly the, the, the throw it's I'm a, talking about. It was about. a fourth down play at the end of the game. Wow. Like, it was a throw like you said, oh, shit, dude. Like, that was impressive. Mm -hmm. But that's because Ryan Tannehill is an athlete. And right. athletes will freak you out at times because they can do things that you and I can't. But athletes can't become consistent quarterbacks. That's the difference. That's why you're just an athlete and not a precision passer. And that's what I think he'll never be, unfortunately, is a precision passer. Look, I think Josh Allen still has that hole in his game. He's gotten better. He has a little bit of – he has that clutch gene in him, but he still has his erratic ways in games. You still see it. It still shows up. Wyoming football still shows up in him every once in a while. Except he compensated by making so many plays off right. off schedule. Right, exactly. Okay. No, he has that clutch gene. He has that. He has yeah. he has that clutch gene in him that when you know, like you need a play, he finds a way to make a play. And also, it helps that he's a freaking monster running back too. That he can take the pounding that Lamar Jackson can't. Correct. You know, like Cam Newton did for a while, and then yep. eventually it catches up to you. Um, What's your thoughts on, on, on the Christian Wilkins thing? When are we going to start to hear something about this? No, we, we start off by discussing. I know, I know, but when do you think that we'll hear something about it? That's why I wanted to follow up on that. 
Because that, that's, to me, a huge concern for this offseason. Like, if you don't sign him, that's a bad start to your offseason, a horrible start to your offseason. But, but here's the thing. I, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like they're not going to have control oh, yeah. uh, over him or, or that they're, the only reason that there's some sort of, of pressure to get it done sooner rather than later is because of that March 15th and the Dolphins, the fact that Dolphins are still over the cap, you know. Um, for all we know, also, it's possible that they've done some contract restructures that they haven't leaked out yet. Uh, but they had they started the offseason with $16 million over the cap. Uh, and some of the moves may wind up being painful. That one should not be painful. So, and it's one that they logically should want to get done. So, um, is it going to be done in conjunction with other stuff that they're going to drop all at the like you know on March? A lot of times you'll see March 13th, March 14th, a whole bunch of roster moves come up that create a whole lot of cap spaces that we're going to be looking at. I don't know, but it's to me. I would think it has to happen before March fifteenth. If it doesn't, then you're looking at. I mean, he's under contract for 2024. If it's not done by between March fifteenth, and I could wait up until training camp. Let's hope it, let's hope they can get it done. All right, what are you working on there at Sports Illustrated? Oh. So the Dolphin Nation, who can lock it up there, bookmark alldolphins.com. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, that officially makes you a Dolphins fan when you bookmark alldolphins.com. I don't know if you know that. So I don't care if you bought season tickets. I don't care if you own a jersey. I don't care if you bought a hat. None of that makes you an official fan until you bookmark alldolphins.com. Tell them. Yeah, I mean, it's going to wall-to-wall combine coverage and mix in with a little bit of free agency because, again, this is coming up uh, – I think I'm going to do today my ranking of the of the Dolphin free agents in terms of importance of bringing back and the likelihood that they indeed will come back. That's going to be one thing. And then I'll uh, go through all the interviews I did this morning and uh, put up some stuff on that as well. All right. Good stuff as always. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. Alan, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. Safe travels if I don't see you tonight. You got it. You'll be good. There you go. EJDconstruction.com, Miami Dolphins Report.